and welcome to the weekly scroll podcast brought to you by the adventure archive my name is ryan and i'm brick mcnielsen and with us tonight we have a couple of very special guests we have caleb and sean from haunted table how are you guys doing tonight hello i'm doing very well super excited to be here we've talked about it for so long that it's so exciting to uh to finally be on stream i'm yeah i'm also very excited thank you so um so so what what the heck are you guys doing here what what do we got going on as far as as haunted table and this giant logo that's beside me <laughs> um well yes we are uh the two founding members of a new game design company called haunting haunted table our first game is called triangle agency which is a game of paranormal investigation modern life and working for a very large and very mysterious uh company called the triangle agency um we are gonna play it today and i'm happy to answer any questions you have but uh sean and i have been working on this game for like two years and have a kickstarter now launching in two days and the difference between that amount of time is very apparent to me at this second um but i uh yeah i'm super excited and i hope i hope we see everybody here at the uh at the kickstarter yeah you know you know what there so i mean yeah uh, i'm i'm (laughs) I'm trying, I'm not even going to get into what I'm trying not to get, but we'll see if I don't get it. Um, but um, it kind of blows my mind. You guys, this, if is the Delta test public, people can see what we see. Yeah. We've seen this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The polish on this, the design, oh. like every aspect of what this project looks right now for a first project and just in general is stunning. It's ridiculous. Like how... Like, how long has this been in the works? And at what point did you decide to make, like, probably the best game of 2023? <laughs> That's extremely sweet of you to say. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, So the Delta Test, what you're describing, is our demo version of the game that's on Itch. Uh, you can find it by searching Triangle Agency on Itch or by going to the Haunted Table Itch page. Um, that has been out since... Uh, right before PAX last year in December. We released it maybe on December 1st, actually. Um, And that demo version has everything you need to play uh, a one-shot, like the one we're going to play today, um, or even a couple sessions uh, in a row. The biggest difference between that version and our final version, uh, other than the fact that the Delta Test kind of contains a full story of its own that is a little bit different from what's going to be in the final game, uh, is that the final game has stuff for character advancement, a lot more stuff for building out the world. Um, and also, again, I don't want to like, I don't want to like uh, overplay it too much, but kind of continues the story introduced in the Delta Tests um, materials. So even if you are pretty sure you're going to play the final game, I recommend you check out the demo anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to answer the second half of your question, um, I think it was in 2020 that Caleb and I um, uh, looked at each other over a Zoom call and we said, you know what? 2023 is going to be a big year for us. <laughs> <laughs> I would really like to release the best game of 2023 yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah, that was like, it started um, as us like wanting something to do and have a reason to have a call with each other like every week. Um, and we talked about a couple of different projects. We tried out a few things. And then one day, um, actually inspired by a tweet by Gita Jackson, a reporter who I really like, um, they had tweeted something along the lines of like, uh, where are the RPGs that feel a little bit like Control, uh, the video game? And I was like, that's interesting. I know of a couple, but none that like hit on what my favorite stuff about that is. Um, so I made a logo that night just for fun. 
and then immediately texted the logo to Sean and was like, what if we made this game that I made a logo for first? <laughs> uh, and that logo is still the logo. It's still the text logo. I've tweaked it to make it a little bit cleaner, but um, yeah, it's very funny. It started as me like basically making a, a riff, like a parody riff. Uh, and now is yeah. the whole game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a true enormous testament to our commitment to the bit. <laughs> <laughs> so so the name Triangle Agency. So like throughout the whole uh, the field manual we've gone through, it it very much references like the three parts. Like it has this repeating theme of like threes, like triangle being like the sturdy like the sturdy shape, the 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 three space. Was that is that still just committing to the bit, or was that like a um like what's the origin of the the use of the triangle? It's actually a brilliant repeating theme that you have in this, and it works really really well. Um, so is that just like yeah, we were just we were just messing around, and we just were perfect. <laughs> I think. I mean, I, Sean, did you want to go? I, I think we're both in the exact same space where to yeah. me it feels accidental, or like you know you pick three, and then suddenly everything else sprouts out of it. It's like, so I would describe what you said, where you're asking about these two different possibilities. I would describe it as like day to day, it is opposites and we are swapping. Um, part of what was fun about the early process and part of what helped us build momentum is that anytime we had a, like a question in front of us, like whenever you're making anything, there's always like a million of these little tiny choices you have to make all the time. And it, sometimes the worst part of making art is realizing how many of those little answers you have to give. Yeah. And for us, an, or at the early part of the process, anytime we hit a wall, we would be like, okay, what's a three thing that we can do here? What if the answer was three? Like, what if we needed three of these? Um, and uh, that allowed us to kind of like, move past some of the stuff that would have taken us more time or, or we would have gotten in our heads about, I think, early on. Um, but then beyond that, just by the nature of approaching the game and design and narrative, the way that I uh, love to do and the way that comes out of like talking through it and taking it very seriously with each other is that every single joke becomes something that matters and becomes something that means something to us. And so by the time it gets to a product like the Delta Test, it's been filtered through like months of can we take the joke and like push it into something that also has emotional depth behind it? Like, can we take the gimmick and push it into something that's also good design? Because we never just stopped there. Like we never were like, okay, three, and that's the end. It was like, if that is our, our beginning, like, can we make something out of that that's still really good? And that's where our dice system came from, all of it. Wow, yeah, it, it seems like incredibly purposeful. Um... And yeah, it, I, it was, uh, it seems like you guys knew exactly what you're doing the entire time. <laughs> I wish that was the case. <laughs> so yeah. uh, talking about the, the dice system, because it's, it's different, you know, I mean, continuing with the theme of threes, for those that have read the Delta test, um, you, you got to roll threes and it's with just a fistful of D fours. Like what? Same thing? Was it just like, well, let's, I mean, uh, there's threes on all the dice. Let's just pick one and have to roll a bunch. Like where, at what point did the system kind of start to manifest? And were you inspired by other systems or or how did that come about? Because it feels super clean. So, um, yeah. That was super early. Um, that was very shortly after the logo. Um, and it was that, I mean, again, we started with a joke. Like the D4 is a bunch of triangles. So it was like, mm -hmm. all right, what can you do with a D4? Um, and then it was several days of math. <laughs> it really was. It was like sitting down and figuring out, okay, what does it mean 
if you're how many d4s do you need to roll to hit certain percentages of like success and failure uh us continually revisiting and talking about what our goals in rolling were like we wanted a game that had very high success rates um and then ultimately wanting to build a system around the idea that mixed successes could be more like a mini game that the GM is playing with the players than a thing that has to happen at that second every time someone rolls, which I find often very difficult um, in role-playing games that use mixed successes. Um, so I am kind of getting ahead by describing it before we get there, but to just sort of say briefly what we're going to be dealing with with the system, you roll 6d4, uh, you look for a number of threes. All the threes that you have are successes. Even just one means you succeed at your role most of the time. And then beyond that, the extra threes can be spent to do additional effects with your abilities. Um, and then everything that's not a three is creates chaos. And chaos is something the GM can spend to activate a certain set of effects um, that uh, can make the world weirder or worse for the agents. Um, so basically it was, it started with the D4. What can we do with the D4? And then sitting down, doing a bunch of math and really actually answering that question. Like, what can you do with the D4? And how uh, how much can you pack into just using that one 25% um, chance? Yeah, and then... Yeah. No, no, go for it. Just to, just to jump along that, I just hear, hearing about all the math and remembering that process really took me back. But I also remember <laughs> in those early days... Um, it was always a part of the game that, you know, we'd be using these reality warping abilities, but I remember it being really important to have a part of the game where you look at what you rolled and then got to physically manipulate reality by adjusting the face on the die. Mm -hmm. And, and to me, that has always been a really powerful through line to the experience that, you know, I want to give that we, I want us to give to players where when they are reshaping the narrative reality, they're also actually reaching into the game and just tweaking it a little bit and changing yes. the thing that everybody is staring at. That's something that, because we've done mostly digital games as a result of developing, you know, post-pandemic, the like, and during pandemic, is that the, like... Yes, the a, a core rule is that you can spend your qualities to rotate the die. So you can you can take something that's not a three and make it a three, um, or vice versa. Because we've been playing digitally, we haven't gotten to talk very much about that actual act of rotating them. It hasn't been something that we've really gotten to do very much. But you're right. That was like a huge part of our initial thought around it. And there's some more stuff about dice and how you fiddle with them coming in the final game that's not in the Delta test that I'm so excited about. Yeah, that's... It's you know what also got me too is that you're literally reshaping reality with what many people see as like a throwaway dice like it's like the it's unless you're like DCC or something it's like one of the smallest ones it's literally just like it's you know the most uh, often inconsequential dice and you're literally just changing everything around you um so I, that uh, that got me a little bit too where it's like could you pick a smaller dice to make bigger changes um and on our kickstarter we're literally giving a set of 64 with every uh physical tier because we know that's the die that people are least likely to have a bunch of just <laughs> sitting around so we're just giving them to you we're giving special dice that i'm very nice. excited for people to see funny because i have like a ton honestly of those <laughs> uh, i like like bags yeah. of uh just those well good so, uh-huh you guys, you know, we kind of talked about this and you kind of mentioned that it's like, it's a, you know, you guys were really inspired by control and like, it's a control inspired tabletop RPG, but I feel like it's kind of an undersell because part of the character building process, it feels a lot deeper than just the video game control and recreating that you have like a whole 
like relationship thing um where your your agent has like an outside life um and even like a job specifically within the agency or a place within the agency what was kind of the impetus for for bringing in kind of a relationship thing where the other players at the table get to fill these kind of roles for a relationship and you have to kind of balance this like relationship with job thing uh i think just from the very fundamental level that is a testament to the fact that both Caleb and I came up in the theater <laughs> and we're going to be pushing our pro theater agenda on everybody that we possibly can. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I don't know. It feels to me, it feels like the sort of thing that could have been just a small niche in the game, but because we had this scaffold of things come in threes. Yeah. We, it, we that gave, I, it gave me also the freedom to, Think about that as a like a more beefed up, elevated thing that is as cool and as fun to engage with as your unique superpower that is the way that you can unilaterally shape the world. Yeah, and a core part of the game that I think that's obvious as soon as you are engaging with it is like we are talking a lot about like a relationship to corporate life and like a a, a way that your time on Earth and like your actual like ability to use your your body and express yourself in your life is often very um, limited by your job and the things that you have to do in order to survive. We have some stuff that's like jokes, but that's also a core part of the way the game is designed is to talk about that. And that will never be effective unless there's other stuff to care about. Like there's no way for that part to feel like it, it, it really feels or to tap into the same emotions that having to like be stressed about your job taps into unless there are other people in your life you care about. So making that important is like key to getting to the feelings we're hoping to get to with the game. Very cool. Um, on top of, on top of the, the dice system, which we talked about already, the mechanics, the, these relationships, like the system itself, one of the things that really, one of two or three things that really stands out is just the writing and all of the kind of just like the subtle and not subtle jokes in it. And then also like the, the anomaly that like pops up through all of it. Like what, I guess, like, where did all of that come from? Where did the decision to have this kind of like personality that's kind of just like, you know, above and beyond uh, opposite of what what's happening with the agency come from and then like the little parts that are like here's a little trivia bit and it's all just like this stuff where where where, where when you decide to put that much um narrative into the system itself and into the game itself i want to tag back what my what uh sean just said a second ago about theater um a big part of it is that through with both of us coming in with a bunch of experience with storytelling methods that are like outside of games, but also being like super into games with the way that we do it. Um, our experience and my experience as a writer, I write kids books and I write plays. Um, and so I've been trained uh, and have spent a lot of time thinking about how to make like narrative and story come across to people. And one of the big things you learn is to focus on conflict like to focus on having a like back and forth between characters to help get information across rather than just like laying it out there. And to be honest, we got to having to write the GM side of this game and started working on it. I was like sitting down and trying to draft it. and was like, I cannot figure out how to make this make sense because I can't figure out how to make the agency, which is a thing that we had a very strong opinion about how to make the agency, um, uh, want people to be good at playing a role-playing game like want a general manager a gm to be good at what they're doing 
So we had to think about like, all right, if we want to keep this story here, we want to keep the world, the getting the whole game inside of this story, there has to be something that wants people to be good at playing it. <laughs> and so that is kind of the birth of what you're referencing in the GM's toolkit, the uh, the sort of other voice. Um, but then the agency voice, I mean, it's again, it's a bit that became really real. We have stuff that we don't, we probably don't want to say. There's stuff about the agency and that other voice and things that are, I think are more fun if we don't explicitly say what our full thoughts about them are um but a lot of it came from like sean and i both having kind of experiences with corporate life and with jobs that gave us a lot of language to use and a lot of and having a lot of fun using that language and figuring out how to use it in creative ways yeah and and i hear from time to time that we may have succeeded just a bit too well um <laughs> i remember i was so excited when we had first print like uh Caleb very kindly printed hard copies of the Delta test for when we went to PAX. Um, and I visited some of my friends who were in Philadelphia and I was so thrilled. I was like, you guys, like, look at this. Can't, isn't it amazing? And my one friend looked at it for 30 seconds and said, Sean, I my job is to create and deliver presentations. And I trust that this is incredible and that you've done a lot of work, but this feels like work. <laughs> I, I I feel like I'm at my desk processing somebody else's presentation. I cannot enjoy this. <laughs> An evil document we've made. An evil, yes. This is the evil mind yes. virus that we've inflicted upon <laughs> the internet. Yeah, you know, we, we've had a number of games uh, that we've talked about here on the show that have this kind of, I mean, I'm not going to call it corporate horror, but I mean, let's be real. Dystopian it, corporate. I mean, dystopian <laughs> corporate, yeah. And it. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever had a corporate job, but I was recently in management for a while. And um, uh, I feel like I have a much better, like, I feel like this hit harder uh, because I have done that. And it definitely, there's times where I'm just like, who I'm not, I'm not working right now, but this, this is, uh, this feels like it. So <laughs> it, it's, you guys absolutely succeeded. Like if, if this came as like a, uh -huh. like a spiral bound with like a white spiral on the side, whatever, with like some printouts too, it would, it would definitely feel exactly like, um, like I just but, showed up for my first day orientation. And and that's another reason why the blue voice is so, so important. Because if that was the only feeling that we were giving people, people would people would click away and never talk about us. And they'd be like, why did they, <laughs> they make me think no. about work? And this and it's so per like it's so perfect. The first time I read through it, like and I and I I shot, I shot something to Hunter. I was just like, dude, this is ridiculous, and you have to read the GM one too. Like as soon as it the first time that voice popped up, I was like, nah. And then like as it went through, that it was exactly perfect. You're almost like looking forward to seeing when it's gonna pop up again and what it's gonna say about the agency and like the little bits that it's gonna just be like, no, don't do that. That's dumb. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so well-written and it's such a perfect kind of foil to you know the bit that you guys are talking about with like the 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 corporate you know kind of orientation book that this is it just all feels so cohesive and so well done and so just like i said just polished it's it's incredible to see a, a project look this good oh and that's the other thing i meant to say the graphic design and art in it too who did that because it's perfect you are uh, gonna make me cry. Actually, I'm like, we are at the end of so much work right now. We're going into the campaign. It's not really over, but um, it's just, it's so. Hearing somebody say a bunch of nice things to my face right now is a lot. But the, um, yes, thank you. First of all, for all of those very sweet things that you said. The, um, it means a lot. And as 
a writer, the thing that I pride myself on the most is like the creation of voice, like specific voice that feels different. And I feel very proud of what we've done with this project on that front. Um, the graphic design is a combination. Um, a, a lot of the, like a lot of what you see, I was like literally doing, but I am also very, very lucky to have a husband who is like very legitimately like paid and has worked in a long time and like UI and UX design. Um, and who has spent a lot of time mastering a lot of things that I have not spent a lot of time mastering. And so I had the like incredible gift of a husband a few feet away every time I was working on this project where I could turn my laptop around and make like a pouty face and be like, I have no idea what to do. This isn't working. And uh, and for the most part, he didn't do stuff for me, which I, is very good because it means that I learned. But he had to sit and watch me be so frustrated figuring out how to do the design, how to hit what I want. And like, and like Sean and I would have conversations where we would sit down and talk about like, okay, what do we need to have happen? Like, what is the pace of this? What are the points we need to hit? And then uh, I just wouldn't, put it down so it was just a lot of time of like can we make every piece of this whole document lead toward the same goals and uh and that's the thing that i would say is most important because i think people like like you're saying people react to it looking really nice and some of that is like paying really close attention to the details but the most important thing is just making sure that everything that we were doing had a point and like every every page is another part of the conversation that i'm trying to push forward um and thinking about it that way really really fueled the rest of the stuff looking good i think yeah i think i think before we got on i said it was uh just it was disgustingly good looking or something like that i can't remember <laughs> what i said but i was like oh, it's i it's terrible how amazing it looks you know it's so nice to look at um yeah i'm so glad the opposite would be the worst so i'm glad that that's true. <laughs> uh, i i think it's also worthwhile to to shout out uh nate who's yes well for a lot of the iconic illustrations yes oh my gosh nathan rhodes uh they did these illustrations for us and it was one of those times where we were like scrolling through twitter or whatever and i saw one of nathan's pieces pop up in front of me and i was like that and like pointed at it like this is already like what we need and had to send a message about the project where i was like Nate, your work does not look corporate at all. However, I think that if we work together, we can get it to a place where it feels like this interesting, <laughs> this interesting corporate parody. Um, but uh, yeah, we're continuing to work with Nate. Um, we're from going forward, Nate is hopefully going to be, if our campaign goes well, illustrating every single competency, like adding one of these figures for every single competency in the book, which means nine of them. So six more illustrations at minimum. And uh, I'm so excited. We have one new one that's not in the Delta test that's in the campaign that I love. Uh, and I there is only more coming. It's really, really amazing. Yeah, just the combination of all the pieces is is I think what's really stands out the most because you know part of what we do here on the show is we we deep dive and review games and we we break it down into these kind of um, um, like metrics that we try to give a sense of like a game review of and so many of those metrics here are just so well done between like the narrative between the mechanics which I'm really interesting to try between the art the layout like every aspect of how it of of how it's done. There's nothing that feels like lacking at all. Like every single piece feels like it's been pushed to the top. So I'm really excited to see like the rest of it. Because if this if this is if this was it, I would be super happy and excited. The yeah. fact that there's a lot more is crazy to me. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like the fact that you're like, oh, there's more gonna be. I was like, oh, like honestly, very much like this could be just a full release, and I'd be like, this is sick, you know? 
I think so this good. I think this is like not even two thirds of the final book. The that's um, crazy. <laughs> the a lot of it is like a lot of it is is exactly what we we're talking about of like wanting to make sure that whatever people choose to focus on, there's something there for them. But um, like a silly thing to say that's completely true is that each of the anomalies, which in the Delta test have three skills, have twenty one total possible skills uh, in the book. Um, the like the there is a and there is a an, a similar element of growth available down each of the paths but as you play you have to decide how to spend your time and so any individual character is not going to see all the way down all three of those paths or even all the way down one necessarily um without some intense decision making and that's going to hopefully affect what your character can do how you interact with the game and ultimately what your character's like final choice is because we are we're building this game to not have eternal campaigns they have a pretty specific um, point that you can kind of adjust, but that is like the moment that your character is done and you're gonna have to make choices about what happens to them and what their future is. Um, and I'm just really, really excited for that stuff. Um, and a lot of that is what's yet to come. It is like, I think of the Delta test, this is maybe dramatic to say, I think of the Delta test as like the opening of like a, or like a little promise we're making a little opening of a world. And then the full game is going to give you the chance to see the end of that series of choices that you start making when you read the delta test um so I'm, we I'm... we released a hit single <laughs> <laughs> the album's coming right yeah. Yeah. And, you can, yeah. and you can pre-save the album starting on tuesday i would call, i would call the delta test many singles in an album <laughs> i wish so, it was this one so we're playing the game tonight i want to hop in the game but the kickstarter is in two days yes. is this what two it days is? what's today? it is on the sixth yes on tuesday Tuesday, Tuesday. So we're talking about there's more to the project. What what's coming? Like, what can people expect from the Kickstarter to like day one when they just shoot right to the end and pledge for the highest level? The, um, <laughs> what 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 are they going to get for it um, for when they when they uh, when they back it? Yeah. So some of it I do want to leave as a surprise, um, but I, I will give an overview because there's a couple of things we have announced. The one is the rulebook, which we're talking about. That's going to have a lot going on. The second and most important other thing is a, a matching hardcover book called The Vault, Missions for Triangle Agency, that is features 10 other guest writers and me and Sean and these 10 other writers who are all already announced. You can find them on our website, hauntedtable.games, um, are all going to be writing a single mission that you can play in Triangle Agency. Because of the sort of campaign length that we I talked about before, those 12 missions can very easily take a single character all the way through like their career at the agency. So like your table could finish playing through a character by just running those 12 missions in a row, but they're not designed to be like a restrictive campaign. They're all going to be individual um, missions that you can also play or not as you go. Um, those are the two really, really big pieces and things that we hope everybody will get because I think it's going to make a huge difference at your table. And I'm super excited with the, the group of people that we have for the games. Uh, it's an it's a really interesting group of people with really different per perspectives on tabletop gaming and on the things that they've created in the past. And we don't have those missions complete yet. That's something that's going to happen if we fund. Um, and those, but those missions coming from these particular people, I just am like, I cannot, I cannot wait to personally see them. Um, those are the yeah, two there's big some ones. good names on the vault. I'm really excited. I, that's like I think you've got uh, Me Castle Games. You got Christian Sorrell, and then. Mm -hmm. Cassie Mothwin been on the show. Uh, ben Minsky, or wait, is it, uh, yeah, 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 it's gonna be sick. That's gonna be it's, so cool. It's so good. Um, every single person on the list 
it has made some incredible work recently and over the years. And I just, yeah, I, I it's like, I just want people to go look at the list because I, even if I, if I started naming them, I would have to say something really nice about 12 people. So <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> and the yeah. other stuff, Sean, is there something else you think we should say now? Do you feel like, I guess the dice, I talked about the dice. We talked about the dice. Yeah. Um, you know, I do think it's valuable to, I will always uh, want to keep everything a surprise, but I think <laughs> um, because people are here on this stream watching us play a game that is led by Caleb, uh, I think that it's valuable to just tease that uh, if you like what you see here, you might have the opportunity to. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, there is a tier. We're doing a tier. I, my other job is that I'm a professional GM. So one of the possibilities on the campaign is that if you want to play with me specifically a game um, from with Triangle Agency, that is an option at I, what I think is actually a lower rate than I typically see that kind of thing in campaigns um, because it's it's based on my actual regular GMing rate. Um, and the uh, and on top of that, you'll get all the other stuff and you'll get... Um, a, a thank you credit in the book for backing at that tier. So there's, nice. um, so that is one thing. We have one enormous, very cool uh, secret that uh, is also like, who knows what's going to happen with it, but I, that I'm really excited about and don't want to say explicitly because I think yeah. it's going to be a you big thing. see it to believe it. And then we have- uh, awesome. <laughs> speaking of my <laughs> husband who designed um, the the Delta test, not, not designed it, but helped me with the design for the Delta test. Um, he is going to be designing something for the campaign that I think is going to be such a cool tool for use with campaigns and to make playing the game even easier. And I want to leave it a little bit of a mystery of what it is, but uh, he is going to be designing something for us and I'm I'm so excited for you to see it. It seems like there's yeah. a lot of really cool stuff uh coming this up. way <laughs> yeah so, no, it's, i mean i'm I, excited I, for the project started i haven't back to kickstarter in a little bit and i'm i'm looking to uh you know i'm looking to give y'all some money i'm looking to <laughs> old Thank school you. fry from futurama meme <laughs> i uh you know and one of the best things about starting this podcast and doing with hunter is being able to uh to do this actual play with you guys and not have to back at that tier so i can pick a different one so that's definitely gonna be a good well, time ryan you're still gonna back at that fucking tier so. I, listen i don't even know what i'm gonna do when it comes up but we'll see how long some things last and then how long i'm able to hold myself back from it so but yeah it's uh, it's as we, as we've said numerous times this project looks stunning i can't believe this is your guys kind of like first foray into this with haunted table uh, again the number of uh, amazing people that you've brought in to work on the project like how great the project looks like how just excited that i think everyone that's even like glanced at it is for this project they i highly doubt there will be an issue funding and i'm really excited to see how far it goes and i really think that this is gonna there's going to be uh, some waves kind of in the in the TTRPG space for a little bit when this actually drops. So I was super, super excited for, uh, for everything that's happening. I hope so. We'll see. Yeah. So uh, how about on Thank that you. note, Thank why don't so we... Much. Yeah, why don't we uh, why don't we kick over to a BRB real quick? Um, and uh, for those here, we're going to actually, we're going to play this game. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So uh, everyone stick around for just a minute or two. I will hope that all of my windows were done correctly and we'll see you in just a second. <laughs> Welcome back to the Weekly Scroll podcast brought to you by the Adventure Archive. I am still Ryan. I'm still Brick. 
and we <laughs> have Sean. Caleb and Sean. Oh, sorry. Uh, yep, that's Sean. That's Caleb. Um, I just became still... Caleb. Yeah, we're we're here doing. We're actually doing the thing. We're playing the game here, trying Legacy. We sorry, we we took a couple of minutes to keep gushing about how awesome this game is and just yeah. how excited <laughs> we are to play. Um, and so uh, so why don't you guys just take it away? Like, what 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 are we doing? Yeah, so uh, we have already made some characters, and we are going to do a mission in Triangle Agency that we, uh, it's going to be a little different from some of the other ones I've done, I think, with people live. Uh, my one warning for people as we move forward is that this anomaly is going to deal with some stuff that I know makes some people squeamish. Um, because this is a game that dips into horror sometimes, Uh I will do my best not to linger on these things, but we're going to be talking about hunger. We're going to be talking about food probably a lot. So if that's the kind of thing that's an issue for you, um, this might be one to sit out from this point forward. Um, and uh, I will also probably be, uh, it won't be gory in a traditional sense, but there will be descriptions of flesh. Um, so I just want to get that out of the way um, in case there's an issue there. Um, and uh, from that, we are going to move forward. My only question for y'all, since we're talking about agents uh, on the team first, is if you would mind giving us a little bit of an introduction of your character and who they are, including their character pieces um, that you chose, your arc pieces, um, so that everybody has a pretty good idea of who they're imagining when we move forward. I'll give it a go. Sure. Um, so I'm playing a character named Gaston St. Kip who I'm thinking is a septuagenarian uh, old school uh, acting coach to the stars. Uh, so the that reflects the reality that I chose, which is overbooked. So in addition to working for the agency, I also have a thriving business as a private acting coach. Uh, who, and I am directly responsible for a character that Caleb is going to be playing. I respond directly to uh, high-powered director that Ryan's going to be playing, and the uh, uh, and I'm also married to a character that Hunter's going to be playing. The two did you say, guys. Did you say all three of your character pieces? I did not. No. So that's just my reality. Uh, my my competency, my job at the agency is that I work in public relations. So most importantly, I'm not allowed to lie, um, and I need to make believable excuses for everything. And uh, my Anomaly, my superpower is dream. So I'm I'm concerned with people's emotional truth and also making them fall asleep. <laughs> nice. Well, I can go next. Yeah, cool. Uh, I'm Brick McNeilson. Uh, in my free time, I run a group uh, of bodybuilders at our local rec center. Um, so uh, yeah, Brick, Brick is a, his anomaly is the gun. Um, which is actually just one of those extendo keychains that he has, like his gym membership on. Um, and his uh, reality is backbone. He he's the leader of a local organization, it's his bodybuilding group um, that meets on the weekends. Um, and his uh, his co uh, competency, yeah, competency um, is that he is reception. You know, he remains ever vigilant, and he uh, he guards the front doors of. Uh, the Triangle Agency. Um, I have a few relationships. Uh, my successor um, of my group, a troubled youth that I've been mentoring and teaching the ways of weightlifting, uh, Derek Bergsterger, um, is played by Ryan. 
Um, the uh, my group has a another group threatening it, and which is our local yoga alliance chapter. Um, and all of its members, which played, are played in chorus as they were, yeah. <laughs> played in chorus by Caleb. Um, and then let's see. Uh, oh yeah, the person who never remembers the name of my group is uh, Barbara Peterson, the woman who works the front desk at our local rec, um, played by Sean. Beautiful. And then uh, Ryan, do you want to tell us about yours? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Corbin, um, and keeping on theme with anyone that's ever watched me play any character ever on the show. Um, I'm going to pick all the edgelord stuff. So I, uh, my name is Corbin. I am a, uh, ostensibly a vampire. Um, I was a, uh, in, in some city somewhere, just a person who enjoyed the evening and at some point became a vampire, whether that's from my anomaly, the drain or a real person, um, is up to, I guess us figuring it out. Um, uh, as the drain, um, no, wait, uh, and my competency just to get it all is, of course, the Gravedigger. Um, and I am a creature, so I am a, a vampire with the drain anomaly, and, uh, as the Gravedigger, my job is to not touch living things, um, and to clean up, um, after everything and to, um, uh, take care of the night. Um, I have a couple of relationships here, um, of names that I don't quite remember. Uh, because we that's fine. Really we'll get, we can get into the relationships as we need them. It's no big deal. Perfect. Um, but great. So we have a, a pretty good sense of our characters. We've got Gaston Saint Kip, Corbin Dallas, and Brick. Oh, uh, let's uh, let's go Corbin Fort Worth. Fort Worth. <laughs> I <Yeah>. see. <laughs> I see. We've moved just a little bit geographically. Oh. Um, I used to live very close to Dallas, north of it. I live in Dallas, so... Oh, I lived in Denton for years. Oh, really? Yes. I love Denton. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but uh, we are not in Texas, as far as we know. We are in a state, uh, unnamed, uh, unlabelable, impossible to guess, uh, that features a, uh, a sort of nicely mid-to-large-sized American city, roughly equivalent to a Chicago, but not one you've seen before. Turnian City, a, a bright, shining, gleaming example of American modernity. Uh, we're going to spend most of our time in Turnian City in the, uh, the beautiful and uh, heavily trafficked downtown. This place has uh, lots of buses, uh, a subway system that didn't quite work out and was abandoned long ago, um, but very beautiful buses. They're always bustling back and forth uh, throughout the downtown. And we are going to pass by a local rec center um, where uh, Brick Nielsen is uh, currently lifting with uh, his successor, Derek Bergsterger. Um, Derek, it has been your responsibility to bring everyone's protein shakes today. And so, uh, but on the way here, you have lost half of them. And it is going to be up to either you or Brick to decide how to distribute them amongst the group. So uh, let's start there. Can you deliver the bad news to Brick? Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm the Berg, uh, Derek Bergsterger. Uh, I guess I'm just coming into we're into the gym is where we're at where I was supposed to bring these protein shakes. Yes, yeah. a gym at the rec center. It's like a Y. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. So I dropped all of the chocolate ones um, before I came in. So um, I mean, because vanilla for life. Um, so uh, I come in and I say, "Hey, uh, intentional." 
so brick uh got the uh protein shakes buddy this doesn't look like enough it's so uh, well i uh i left the chocolate ones on top of the fiat oh yeah. And I slap him on the back, like like very like fatherly, but like I'm like a massive dude. We um, hear yeah. a gentle crunch. <laughs> yeah. Listen, much like in weightlifting, life is about hitting points of failure and rising above it. So we need to figure out how to distribute these shakes. I personally am willing to give up my protein needs knowing that I can go home and supplement these. But Derek, how will you step up? How will you be a leader in this situation? Uh, well, I mean, I could take half of mine. Yeah, there we go, brother. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Somebody leans over from, half. somebody leans over, they finish a squat, uh, and she says, it's only a plateau if you let it be a plateau, Derek. <laughs> there you go. Why don't we just put all of them in smaller containers? Wow, that's some real ingenuity, son. You know, when I when I started training you five years ago, you would have given up immediately. But now look at you. You're rising over adversity and you're becoming a real adult. Yeah, the brain is also a muscle and I've been working it. Absolutely. Uh, so you see I, someone yeah. who's on the rowing machine turns and his tank top says the brain is only a muscle and I've been working <laughs> it. And he's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and the group, uh, the group uh, as you have solved, finds a set of plastic cups here in the rec center and are able to split up the protein shakes among everyone. Uh, in general, everybody leaves a little hungrier than they expected to be, but at least they had something. We're going to leave that rec center now and uh, follow uh, down the road a little ways to a, a studio. We're going into a, a studio with a... Um... Actually, here's, here's a question for you, Gaston. When you are doing your acting teaching, where, does that usually happen on set or do you yourself have a place to host it? I think you might be muted, Sean. I am. I was muted, Sean. Um, <laughs> yeah, it happens on set, uh, like not literally on the floor in front of the camera, but, you know, somewhere in between, maybe in an actor's trailer or in some other like room that they've rented out near mm -hmm. the soundstage. Yeah, great. Um, then we are at we are at um, a uh, exactly that you're having to help with the filming of a movie that's almost entirely done with green screen in like uh like something like the volume that they use for star wars now um just this big uh warehouse area um with an actress who's having to play almost entirely to um uh to stand-ins and and paper cutouts because it's going to be one of those it's going to be one of those superhero movies there's tons of stars and you can never get any of them at the same time of course, um, of course. <laughs> this actress uh tamara carrington who's somebody that i'm playing um is uh has completely forgotten what you are there to do, and she is on her phone. Okay. Um, Tamara, Tamara, I know that this is important, hmm? but we we really need to focus. Oh, we've only, um, we've only got five minutes, and I understand that you gotta you know get this in a take or two because we gotta make the day. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. it's just, yeah, I'm just nervous because this is like, hey. I'm hosting that big birthday party tonight. And so like the take is like mm -hmm. whatever, but it's like, you only turn 27 once, you know? Yeah, no, I understand that. But the take lives forever too, you know, in its own way. So we really got to hammer down that right now. Okay. So what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? I, I feel like I, I feel like every time I go up there, that director doesn't care what I'm like, what I'm bringing to the table. So I know that you're just trying to like hammer me down into exactly what the director wants me to be. And like, if that's the case, then like, just tell me exactly what to do. And I guess I'll do it. Okay. Okay. That's fine. You need to cry. I need you to cry. I need you to cry in front of the camera for this man. I need you to get to a place where you can cry in public in front of this camera. You know, they're having me cry about a guy who dies in this movie who my character has had one scene with. I hear you. I understand. That. Four movies, one scene, and I'm the one that has to cry? Yeah, well, hey, better to cry than to die, right? You're right. You're right. That's, you know what? If that's what it takes to get another two, I can do it. Do we have any of that? What's that cream? Do we have any of that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll get you your cream. Thank you. Um, I'll make sure you get that cream. But at first I first I need to see you feel it, right? I need okay. to see you feel it so that I can kill I can tell the director that we got it. Okay, okay, one second, one second. I I just gotta get back in. Mm -hmm. And I'm tech I'm furiously texting the director. I just need 90 more seconds. <laughs> she says, uh, she goes. It just I just didn't think the Clomwop crystal could do that. I thought, I thought that at the very least, he and Kirsnarp would have been able to use the Clomwop to change the world, but not, not like this. Her phone buzzes and she says, no, oh, guys, no, stay in it, stay okay, in it. Yes, I need the restaurant no, right to there. make sure there's stuff for 450. Uh, and as you argue like with her, <laughs> oh, you want to do something? Yeah, I want to, um, I'd like to abuse the agency's power to uh, short out her phone. Uh, <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, so this is our first kind of role. This yeah. is a, a what the equivalent of a basic role in this game is that you request that the agency alter something about reality slightly for you. It requires you to roll the 64 like everything else, but there aren't additional advantages that can come from it uh, or additional failures. It's just a uh, a blanket. Do you succeed or not? So in this case, we have to pick a quality that applies to this. Um, and I actually would call this, um, I would call this either dynamism or subtlety. It is like, is her phone like exploding, never going to work again? Or is it just like the battery died just now? Uh, it's much more the battery died just now. I was even okay. thinking that just like, you know, the internal antenna, just like, Jobs loose. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And then let's let's do subtlety then. Yeah. So here I go, rolling six d four. Do you have any points in subtlety? I do. I have three. Great. If Sean had zero, then there would be minus one because of burnout. Uh, and I rolled zero threes. Ooh. Okay. So that gives you a choice. Mm -hmm. I have six chaos right now, and it's a failure, which means that your attempt to reshape reality kind of rebounds back at you slightly. Um, or you can spend one of your points in subtlety, change one of those threes, change one of those not threes into a three, and then it will succeed. Um, I think that I'm going to change one of those not threes into one three. Spending okay. One 
quality assurance and subtlety. Perfect. So qualities in this game are a spent resource. They recharge at certain times, but uh, if you go down to zero, you then have burnout in that quality. In this case, by making it one success, I get five chaos that I can spend later if I would like to. But her phone successfully breaks and uh, she goes, oh, <sighs> battery died. Okay, Just I'll plug like it in. The Cumlop crystals. Oh my God. I get it. Her eyes like light up and then a, a single tear rolls down. And she says, um, she's improvising. You don't know these lines from the script, but she says, the, the Comlot crystal was supposed to make sure that we were all happy, that everyone who came to our galaxy bash was going to be happy. But now it's caused such, such pain and such heartbreak. And my loss, my loss is deeper than the black hole created by the Gormsnorp. And uh, the the take, uh, she gets ready for the take. Finally, the director, who we see only with a brief flash, we're unable to get uh, his identity in this moment as the, the door slams open. Um, the uh, We cut away from the studio and over to a... Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are going to actually visit the agency. Um, so the agency itself in Turnian City is uh, located in a very tall skyscraper uh, near the center of town, very close to downtown, that uh, just has a habit of not getting uh, not getting bothered by people. It doesn't really show up on maps, and uh, pictures of the skyline are often have it helpfully photoshopped out so that it doesn't disrupt the beautiful view of the sun. Um, but it is nevertheless a very large... Um, and very imposing skyscraper with many levels up and down. Uh, our next person here, uh, Corbin, uh, Mr. Fort Worth, you have uh, been a part of the agency for a while, but you were apparently taught by an agency employee how to hide among the humans uh, post the development of your vampiric powers. This is, uh, this is Steve, played by Sean. Could you describe for me, Corbin, um, what is what is your relationship to Steve been like lately? Is it positive? Is this somebody who's checking up on you in like a like a boss stressful way? Is it a friend now? How do you feel about Steve? I think um, I think I've been doing it long enough that it's more of just like a checkup thing. Like, I think I saw him as a mentor like a while ago, but I've pretty much grasped for the most part, only screw up kind of every now and then when I let my powers kind of get the better of me when the dream kind of really, you know, tempts me a bit. But I think for the most part, it's 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 more of like a like an amical thing. It's also been a while. Steve's older. I'm not. Um, so I think we, um, we, uh, we're at that point now where mostly it's checking in and, and stuff. And Steve, why do you think you specifically were chosen to watch over Corbin? Is it because you have experience with the drain anomaly? Is it because of something else about you that the agency wanted you to watch over Corbin? Um, I think that I am like, um, it's, I think it's because I'm also a creature, but like a Sully from Monsters, Inc. style just like hor horror yes yeah 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 so uh, you've been you've been like you you have to stay in the agency these days 
because yeah. it's so so clear that you're yeah. a monster. Um, but I think I think that there have been like there there was a long period in my life where I tried to do field work, and I had like measures that I could take to blend in, and so that's where I gained a lot of like the, you know the mantras and experience and the tools that I've transferred to Corbin. So Corbin, what you're dealing with right now, I think, um, is an especially intense uh, desire to do something you've been able to mostly avoid for a while, which is kill somebody. Like, kill someone and and whatever it is you take from them, whether it's actually blood or not. Uh, you're just having a particularly rough time with that right now, and you need to get some advice from Steve. Great. Awesome. Um... I'm, uh, I'm sorting letters at uh, at my desk. Gotcha. And so I just come into the office and it's like a knock, knock, knock at the door. Just like a... How's uh... it going, in. Steve? Yeah. Hey, is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, know, I know a lie when I hear one. Come on in. <sighs> All right. And I like shut the door behind me and I come in and I like slump in. At the desk, you know. I've got just what you need. And I take out a can. Uh, and it is uh, carbonated blood. <laughs> Problem solved. I prefer... There we, uh, there we go. There you go. I prefer still, but Bubbles is, is fine, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> I spent a summer in Spain. And you never go back, you know? Anyway... Lay it on me, man. What's going on? What's the problem? Well, you know, this... I mean, listen. Thanks. I, I appreciate this, right? Dracola. Um, but uh, it's it's not quite, you know... Uh, it's not quite scratching the itch anymore. Yeah. Well, this sounds a lot like the old Corbin. You know? And we've done a lot of work since then. Um, now, you remember the five steps, right? Number one, focus on who you want to be. Who do you want to be, Corbin? Well, I, I mean, right now, I want to be a killer. I'm just throwing it out there. I just, uh, it's a safe space. <laughs> I can say these things, you mm -hmm, know, but, mm -hmm. uh... How is that Corbin talking? Or is that Tum Tum talking? I mean, sometimes it feels like the same. This is really bad, huh? Okay, wow. Ah. Is where well, did this start? You know, it's it's been kind of bubbling up for a while. I mean, if you could tell me the other four steps, it might help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We, come on, Steve. We we practiced. Come on, you remember? We, I, come on, give me number two. You we'll know, go back I and forth. I don't remember. It's a problem. I think maybe I just need a refresher course, and that would really sure, help Tom Tom okay. kind of just, you know, settle down. Sure. You know? Okay. Well, as we both remember, number one, uh, who do you want to be? Right. I kill right? Yep. Exactly verbatim uh -huh. what I said before. <laughs> right. Number two, you have to ask yourself, how do I be that person? How do I, I kill someone? That's how I become a killer. See, we're walking down a path here that I don't think I'm going to enjoy. And as this conversation continues, I think the 
the thing that is about to interrupt you will cut you off from this. But just like you've been talking about Corbin, the the carbonated blood that you've been given, typically, you know, in the in a manner similar to Huel, you can drink that and be like, "This is fine. This is keeping me going." Um, this time, it's not even doing that. This is not even. Uh, this does not even feel like it's going anywhere. The second you drink it, it is like it is just vaporized entirely. But you don't have a lot of time to think about that because all three of you, Brick and Corbin and Gaston, get a very urgent message on your phones. Um, luckily, uh, Brick, you have uh, finished your workout for the day. Um, Corbin, you are, uh, apparently there aren't really a three to five anyway, so there isn't much more for you to hear. And Gaston, Gaston <laughs> uh, has, uh, Gaston, you have, uh, you've managed to get her on set and doing her performance uh, in that moment. Yeah. But you all receive an alert. This is an unusual one. Instead of meeting at the agency, you have all been immediately given an address. And because you are currently at the agency, Corbin, it is your responsibility to pick up the Ripple gun and the normal briefcase. For those who don't know, um, every agent, every time you participate in a mission, gets a Ripple gun and a normal briefcase. The Ripple gun is a one-use uh, firearm that uh, fires a blast that is uh, completely harmless to normal humans, but will immediately disrupt the resonance of an anomaly so badly that it will cease to exist. Uh, the agency prefers that you don't use this method if it's possible to do something else, but it's always available to you. Second is the normal briefcase. The normal briefcase is able to safely house and transport anomalies that you were able to coax into it. There's a couple different ways you can do that. You can exhaust the anomaly. You can uh, help the anomaly uh, satisfy its focus. Um, in general, using the normal briefcase requires figuring out the anomaly's deal and coming to uh, terms with it in a way that uh, it is satisfied with or tricking it in some way that's relevant to its interests. Um, and that is also a one-use item. But both of you have access to this, and whenever you actually need it, it can kind of be on your person at that time. You were all given an address at the um, in the middle of downtown Turnian City. And the message you have from your general manager, a woman named Trina, says, uh, urgent, extremely visible anomaly um, reported, uh, loose ends... Uh, uh, nearly immediate and potentially growing um, need you on site ASAP. So um, each of you through, uh, I guess actually a little question. What are each of your transportation methods in town? It's just a, a we have, a, we have kind of a mix of what I interpret as like um, wealth. So I'm curious how different it is. Well, I turn into a bat and uh, fly <laughs> as a, no. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, uh, Sean. Re... No, go for it. Uh, Brick got a really high-end street bike. Yeah, okay. yeah, like like you own yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I like. <clears throat> if if I'm on set business, I have a driver, and so in this case, I think I can convince a driver to do it for me. But uh, if I don't have a driver, then I do like rent a one of those Lime scooters. One of those like by the minute electric scooters mm -hmm. to get around. Town. I, I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, and what? Uh, um, uh, uh, Steve taught me quite well how to blend in, so I just have a white Honda Sonata. 
It's just so nah, cool. he's not a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the good thing about your bike uh brick is that it doesn't require you to sit down which is your um you can yeah, you can do can standing can, pedaling standing, yeah i'm not you don't even need a seat. yep um but as you uh as you all make your way to this location just as trina said the issue is obvious the second you turn the corner you can see what the problem is but before I describe it, I want to describe the streets around this a little bit. This is in this is in a downtown of a city. Every once in a while, there's a very tall building. For the most part, these buildings are um, designed to have like restaurants and stores on the bottom level, and then above that, house offices or apartments for you know three or four floors up above. Um, in general, it's in the middle of a city. Uh, if you're on one street, you can't really see beyond it. So. What I'm about to be to describe is only really visible on two streets. But at the dead center of this block, instead of the middle third of it and the buildings and the uh, the businesses that would typically be there, there is an enormous cube made of meat. It has the uh, the sort of red raw quality to it it looks kind of like beef but you don't see any bones you just see this like sinews running through it the sort of white uh pieces of like uh fat kind of mixed in with uh the rest of it it is a perfect cube it is exactly level with the buildings on either side of it and it has chopped because these these city blocks like kind of like new york city blocks are longer than they are wide like they, they themselves aren't cubes so the middle third of it has this perfect cube of meat in front of this place you have already you can see now there is kind of a small crowd gathering most of them look like restaurant employees are um are sort of piling up near the front um and there's a couple people on their phones this the agency has alerted you faster than it appears um law enforcement has even noticed something strange is going on so right now um there is just a cube of meat and a small crowd of people mm. is it dripping at all from the edge of the block you don't see any drips but it does look glisteny in a way that makes you think like those of you who have experience with meat it would probably be oozing the way that a fresh meat cut might um when placed on paper for example yeah, but it's very shiny and glisteny so I... go for it please I was say, you know, Brick pulls up his bike and he takes the bike chain off. And he like locks it to post and like, you know, takes his glasses off and he starts appraising the situation. Um, and you said it's floating in like the middle of like a cross section of streets. Is that what you're saying was? So replacing the buildings on the okay. block. So the street is open, but right. the middle third where there would be buildings, there's an exactly level cube of meat. Delicious. Um <laughs> So, yeah, 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 we're gonna get so yoked. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna fit my macros for today. Um, <laughs> so for open carry, which is one of the powers for the gun, um, I'm able to target um, and intimidate them enough to do what I want, or to intimidate a target enough to get them to do what I want. Um, could I like command a group of people to like vacate the premises? Based you could definitely like try. Yeah. Fake authority. Okay. The, I'm gonna um, absolutely I'm gonna approach the group of people and be like, listen, this is a government issue. I'm gonna need everyone to evacuate the vicinity. 
Um, the local authorities will be taking care of this. You're still in your gym shorts? No, he's, <laughs> no, he is in. No, we're done with the gym. So he's in a fitted suit, like a like reception oh. security. So yeah, Bulging. yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, like the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. guy that wears dress shoes with no socks. Um. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's exactly For what he's sure. like. Yeah, yeah no socks, off. dress shoes. Uh, this is great. So the thing about open carry is that initially there's a particular target, but you have the uh, ability to increase the number of targets. Um, so let's go ahead and do your roll for this. You'll roll presence, which means, do you have points in presence? I have three. Great. So roll 6d4. You don't have burnout, so we won't reduce it by any. And we're looking for I threes. got an unstable success. Nice. How many chaos. threes? Okay, two threes. I... Uh, I am going to add four chaos, unless if you want to spend one of those points, you can make it stable. Make it stable. I think I'm going to spend one of those points and make this a stable success. Great. So what that what uh, what Brick just did was uh, take two to three by spending one quality assurance, and if you have three or six, it's zero chaos. So um, if you had gotten three naturally, that would have been transcendence, which has its own set of bonuses. But uh, because you just because you had to make it, it's just stable. Yeah. By having three right now. Um, the uh, the target you're focusing on is intimidated enough to do what you want. So one of the members of this crowd is definitely intimidated in this way. Um, however, I will choose a consequence. But because you have three threes total, you can either remove an option from that consequence list or you can increase the number of targets. So you could take away three people. And I'll even, if you'd like, describe some of the people in the crowd so you could decide who your targets are. Can you describe the people in the crowd real quick? Because I was just thinking that. Yes. Does anyone look managerial? Anyone look like? <laughs> yes. Um, there's a couple of noteworthy people in that regard. Okay. For the most part, what you see here are people that are definitely dressed um, uh, for like high-end restaurant work. There's a couple of servers that are pretty obviously servers with the like way that they are um, dressed up. There is um, a couple of people who are dressed a little less fancy and clearly are like working in the kitchens, but there is someone who is like dressed in full chef like garb. And there's also one person in the group who isn't dressed as if she's about to work in the restaurant at all. She's in like a perfect, like like a nice suit. Um, like she's gonna go do something else or like she's she's uh, working in a, a business setting. She doesn't look like she's ready to work with food. Um, those two and one other person who looks like if you took the one that was dressed up as a chef and then like, took away three accoutrements she is uh she is that she is like she was just uh, very close to the chef and not wearing like the very dramatic hat that one of them is wearing but is still like looks a little bit more elevated kitchen wise okay. those three i would call out so i got two additional hits above the original one so i could pick two more targets so i could pick three targets all together mm -hmm. um or i could just pick one and just remove one of the things that they'll remember from the list you could pick one and remove two things because you've got three threes total so you could pick one target and remove two things from the list um i think i know that chefs are egomaniacs that run restaurants uh even if they have bosses so i think i'm gonna <laughs> target um the chef because everyone listens to the asshole chef unfortunately um, and i know this because i work uh in a restaurant uh, <laughs> and I manage one and I often have to deal with a chef that I'm just like, okay, yeah, we'll do whatever, you, whatever, man. Shut up. Uh, I didn't mean to tap in so hard. Yeah. Listen, uh, we're all here hitting, hitting all the points today. And then I'm going to get rid of, um, 
remember, actually, I'm going to get rid of uh, contact the authorities and seek retribution. Okay. Um, then I will. Wait, wait, no, sorry. I'm changing okay. it again. This All final right. uh, contact for authorities and remember your face. Those okay. two are gone. Smart choice, I think. The um, so what uh, that leaves me with the two options: they can react with extreme fear or seek retribution. And just exactly along with what you're saying, this like ego that is building in the chef, you target uh the chef. He turns to look at you. Um, he can feel the presence that you have and the authority that you have, but does not look happy about this at all. You have like. You have by by putting him in a position where he has to back down and lead others to back down, like undercut his ego, and you can see that on his face like immediately. But he doesn't argue with you because he is concerned, but there is a distaste in his look as he says, um, <sighs> of course, of course, it's it's ruined. It can only be ruined further at this point. We don't even have a kitchen. This was our moment. And yet, and yet, we must continue. Everyone, everyone, please, let's get out of their way. And I don't know what you're here for, sir, but if you could remove this meat from my place of work, I would very much appreciate it. And he sort of ushers people uh, out of the way of you. Just to clarify, the meat is in the middle of the intersection? No, the meat is where the buildings would be. Yeah, it's a building meat. It has it has replaced a building, uh, and he grumpily kind of ushers people away. And you see that uh, the woman in the suit, um, she hangs back slightly as the others are leaving. She looks like um, she's just staring at the cube, but then she shakes her head and pulls out her phone and starts making a call. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd like to speak with uh, her. Okay. Um, uh, uh, and I'll just open it up with some small talk and I'll say, nice day, isn't it? Activating a power called side of the bed. All right. Um, so when I need to change the mood in the room, casually say, nice day, isn't it? And roll duplicity. This is so good. I haven't gotten to see this one in so long. I duplicity, love I do have quality assurances in and I've rolled one three. Okay, so that'll be five chaos for me, unless you want to spend some. I'm going to spend two of my three, so I'm down to one in duplicity. All right, no additional chaos. Um, uh, <clears throat> so on a success, I plant an opinion in the mind of one person I'm speaking to. I'm going to choose boring. So it's a boring day. I think, for I think her. that it's a boring day for her. Mm -hmm. um, and for every third three, I have three threes. I may speak a single sentence to layer underneath the thought, a goal or a general belief. They strongly believe what you've said. Okay. Um, uh, uh, and the belief that I'd like to imprint on her is, I don't know why, but I can trust this man. <laughs> she turns to you, the text, the call she was about to make suddenly much less important. And she says, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, with weather like this, I guess at least it won't cook on the pavement. Yeah, that would be a big mess for us all, huh? Um, I got a question, though. Well, I, was ju I just pulled up. Do you have any idea what just happened here? 
has how long has this meat been meat uh i mean no it has not been long this was a few minutes ago it uh it's like it's like i don't want to waste your time even talking about it because nothing that's happened today is really that interesting mm -hmm. um but i mean are you is it okay if i just talk about my day is that fine i don't want to waste your time that's my job oh okay yeah. um i work with people who are having all kinds of different days yeah well yeah i mean we were in the kitchen like always preparing for this like big birthday dinner we're supposed to host for the celebrity tonight and i uh i was doing my job like i always have to do of just sort of making sure everybody's paying attention to actually getting things done and not getting like hung up on like exactly where the like p uh no i'm uh, sorry restaurant it's not p like with an e with two e's it's like with an a like where the goop of the p goop that's we blend it up and use it as a as a like a decoration on the plates exactly how that splatter goes but the um because he's always <sighs> Giuseppe's always like obsessed with that, but I have to make sure that we just like get everything done, make sure all the food is going to be ready in time, make sure we have enough options for the whole party. And it's an enormous group. So obviously a lot to do and just like the same drudgery over and over and over. And then at the center of the kitchen, this like little tiny cube of meat appeared out of the floorboard. And then it just kind of grew gradually, like more cubes started like appearing uh, connected to it and it sort of grew. So we had time to get out um but uh it seems to have completely absorbed the building and and uh now the building's gone and there's a big cube of meat there but huh. what about your day yeah no you're right that does sound pretty boring um i don't know i think uh i think that might be all we have to talk about here i'm sorry to waste your time uh no problem nobody hasn't today so She she turns uh and heads over toward the crowd. Um and I start <laughs> uh I'm assuming that this was uh the party that uh Tamara Carrington was talking about. Yeah, you so check I your texts and you see that your like your big long text invitation to the party had this address and it was for this restaurant called Giuseppe and Olivier's. It's a luxury French Italian fusion restaurant. Whoa. French Italian fusion. <laughs> yeah, it's a real stretch. Yeah. yeah. Giuseppe and Olivier, yeah. you said? Yes. Okay. So, uh, ma'am, what was your name? Olive. Uh -huh. <laughs> Perfect. So, I guess, are we all together now? Like, we're all in the same place. Is Corbin here? Yes, everybody's here. I right, so we, we I mean we gather up, you know. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, so what 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 do we know? What's the situation? Uh well, the it sounds like this place is a real pressure cooker, pun intended. Uh there was uh, it started as just a tiny meat cube. It consumed the whole building. It may even continue to grow. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I've noticed it's uh in line with the buildings on either side. It's interesting. Hmm. Corbin, Brick, what do you think? Uh, Brick, Wait, actually, what? as you're talking, I, oh, go, go ahead, Corbin. You go ahead. Oh, no. What time of day is it? We are at uh, almost exactly five o'clock. This is like the, this is like right before uh, most people at the agency were about to go home. It was like gotcha. right when 
Hold on for a second. We're like almost exactly five, and the party is at seven. And like, is it overcast or what? What what kind of weather are we looking at here? It is sunny, but it's not. But it's like um, it's like nice and cool. This is a. It's like kind of that. It's like right now where we're just about to get really hot, but it's just kind of flirting with it. And every day there's like a little bit of uh, wind. We live in different places. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I I'm like dark clothes, dark hoodie, up and over, big old sunglasses. Like I passed off like the the briefcase to to Gaston and the ripple gun to brick and I'm just have like a SPF fifty that I'm just like lathering on <laughs> when we're all like just kind of like hanging out. Um and that's I mean that's what I'm doing. But what we something was happening with the I meat. was gonna say that Brick, you would be the one to notice this the most. Um you're really hungry. Like very hungry. And the 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 protein that you skipped earlier today, you're clearly missing it. And beyond that it's not just brick it's everybody but you especially are so in tune with your body brick that you would know that like this is very strange you're like starving hungry huh. <clears throat> so like, i'm like you know i look at my like listen i'm really hungry like beyond what is to to, to be expected <laughs> and normal um i think i should take a bite of that meat cube uh i think that we should clear the crowd away before we start uh eating any buildings Huh. Luckily, Brick did successfully do that. The crowd has moved. Oh, the whole crowd's gone. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, no one. Uh, no one scares crowds like Brick. Um. So, like, when dealing with like an anomaly, right? Like, the anomaly is supposed to have like a focus, right? Yeah. Um, well, what do we know? They were really stressed out about this party. Okay. It sounds like mm -hmm. the chef has really exacting standards. Mm. Made a real made it real <laughs> difficult to to feel like they were performing up to the standard. Did you learn anything from from talking to what I'm assuming was just Yeah, I could tell that when I cleared the crowd, the chef's ego was was very much harmed by that. And we all know that chefs have massive, massive egos. They're huge assholes for no reason a lot of the time. Um, and why are we always having to tip them out? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> hmm. That's why I don't tip. What are you thinking, Corbin? <laughs> I'm canceling. I'm canceling your character forever. <laughs> oh, you said that's why I don't tip. Yes. <laughs> that's why I don't tip. Gaston, part of the problem. Right. Um, I don't even know what to do with this. I mean, if it was a bit juicier, I'd be right there with you, bud. But... Uh, I feel like that might not be the best idea to eat it. It's funny that you say that. I'm going to spend 5K. God damn it. Oh, no. uh, this is, uh, I have exactly five. I'm going to spend all of it. And I'm going to use a chaos ability called attract. Uh, attract ah. has a few mundane <laughs> beings find themselves drawn into the anomalies domain. Um, mm -hmm. What you see uh, attached to the top of this building in this like very uh, heavy cloak similar to yours that you notice right away is someone you're very familiar with, uh, Diego McFadden, a corner store owner played by Hunter, is attached to the top of this building and is chewing like intensely on it. It's like ripping meat off of the top of the cube. And you can recognize him right away because it's the only other person who would dress like you are dressed right now. Um, and they're right at the top of this cube, chowing down, like at four stories up. 
or so we're 40 plus feet up and diego is just like attached to the side or is he on the corner is he off the edge i'll like, say i'll say uh full vampire mode is like upside down on the edge right near the top like chowing down into the side is he a vampire it. too yeah yes yeah oh oh yeah he's the oh. he's the <laughs> i didn't write down owner i wrote uh night shift clerk um <laughs> but a very humble owner mm. <laughs> yeah he owns it. he's working in that i mean he would be working night shift so no it's so, unusual to see diego out during the day hey listen guys i know that guy and it's really unusual for him to be here right now yeah and he seems <laughs> to be eating the meat how much well, is he eating is there like a noticeable amount get. of meat like uh uh in progress yes it, it, it's being eaten very sloppily i think probably so there's this chunks falling out there's like chewing into it that there's a hole being carved but it's like a it's pure dense meat and he's not been there very long so the like it's probably about a head size has been removed that's a lot that's a listen that's a lot of meat still that's a big cube uh. <laughs> hey uh diego what are we doing i don't know why i just went to brooklyn but uh that's apparently <laughs> me though um uh yeah and i call i i call up to him like hey oh dear oh hey man Oh, you know, just chowing down, man. Saw this big cube in the street, and you know, I'm not on work. I'm on a shift yet, so I was looking for something to do, and it kind of called to me. Listen, you know you can't eat street meat. Man, that's just what the <laughs> government tells you. You can eat street meat. Could you just, could you come down here so we don't have to yell? Could you get off the meat? Can Diego come down, or is he just, like, totally attracted to this meat? Yeah, I think, Corbin, if you want Diego to come down, you're going to have to do something about it. This will, this will I... require you to use a power or a reality uh, shift if you have one. Diego is is very hungry, and it's really good. I just pick up a rock and dig him in the head. No, um, I, uh... <laughs> it's <laughs> So my... So I'm looking at my powers, and, um... It's exactly the character I wanted to be, but he's not very helpful in this situation right now. Um, as far as the drain goes, and as far as just like a regular reality shift, could I, um, could I just ask the agency to maybe, I don't know how it would affect the cube. Um, I don't know. Listen. So what I would say, and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to speak for you. I think the drain has a couple abilities that might be useful in the situation if you would like them to be the okay, so what? things i would draw your attention to would be uh -huh. the failure state for would you like some more uh -huh. or uh borrow if you were willing to take on this threat yourself now so this is one of my favorite things about the drain was i was like man i would absolutely roll to fail a couple of these like <laughs> that would be my goal is to just be like no threes no threes um because so there are a couple the... ways to fail that i can explain mm -hmm. now a couple ways to mm -hmm. fail one of them is that you roll zero threes, like you're saying. One of them mm -hmm. is that you roll transcendence, which allows you to pick a number of threes that you mm -hmm. um, use. And one of them is that you can spend your quality assurances to adjust your dice back away from a three. Dope. Okay. So then I'm going to try to do that then. I'm going to use my, would you like some more ability 
which would generally make people want to continue like with some type of of you know focus they've had attention something like that but i would like to attempt to fail this so i can encourage encourage a loathing in diego uh, for street meat like specifically this giant cube of street meat not all street meat because listen a kebab's a kebab, but like um, to loathe <laughs> this specific street meat. That's what I would like to do. That's a great idea. So roll empathy. How many points do you have in empathy? I put one point in empathy as so we got we got our three from our questions and then three additional that I can spread out anywhere I want, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly yeah, so right. I put one in each of the recipient persistent empathy and then duplicity for my three powers. <laughs> I know. Nice. I wish I wouldn't have put one in there because then I'd have more risk. <laughs> so yeah. So, so no burnout. So your role will be taken normally, and then you have mm-hmm. that one point to spend to adjust down if you only roll one. So there's a risk here, but right. Uh, but it's possible. But if I roll a two, I could use it to go up one, right? Yes, but that would not create a failure. Transcendence has to be natural oh, to let you natural. pick. Yeah, it's like a yeah. nat twenty almost. Nat mm-hmm. twenty. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let me actually bring up a dice roller because that's probably a good idea. And I'm going to roll 6d4. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got one. Nice. So you can spend that quality assurance to take it down to zero. Yep. And fail intentionally. So the failure state on a failure, the target develops a loathing for the last thing they enjoyed. Your suggestion of more is insulting to them. And even thinking about that thing is revolting to them from now on. So I'll pass that off to your conversation with Diego. He he pulls the, oh man, why am I eating this street meat, man? Well, you don't want some more? Oh oh, man, you were right, man. I don't know about eating this street meat. I got an upset tummy. (laughs) Listen, you can't eat street meat after you eat nothing but like, like hot dogs on those like metal rollers and like taquitos all night long, man. Like it just doesn't mix. Didn't you have a Brooklyn accent, man? What happened to that? No. I, listen, I got picked on as a kid when I moved, so I really try not to bring it up too much, but sometimes it comes out, you know? Uh, well, I really appreciate your advice, man. Yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you head back to, uh, to the, to the 812 or whatever and, and to the Ampum. The Wawa or whatever, yeah. Yeah, dude, Wawa. Oh, God, I miss Wawa. Um, if we're east enough for a Wawa, then you definitely go to Wawa. <laughs> get a get a mac and cheese bowl. Um, why don't you just uh, why don't you just head on out? He's kadoodles, you know. Yeah. No. Uh, so you are uh, you're able to make your way uh, away from here, Diego, and and you, you are luckily not plagued with any other thoughts of the meat cube. But in this time, the three of you are definitely feeling some of what Diego's been feeling. None of the food you ate today seems to have worked, mm. but this cube of meat looks very good. Does it has it retained any of the other features of a building? Like, does it have a door, windows? No. Mm-mm. It, 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 places where the building would have had detail, it's just a perfect cube. Hmm. Okay. So, just to get a better picture, is this on the ground or is it floating? It's on the ground. Okay, it and is it is for perfectly... all effects and purposes, it's a building, right? It's a building, like, essentially. Yep. Yeah, just and a it cube. took the place of as big as a building was before. Basically, just the the. It has filled that specific space. Yes. Okay. All right. Dope. Is there any part of the building left? Like, is there crushed parts of building underneath it? Or does it literally just feel like it has been completely replaced, like, one for one? It is 
squeezed right up against the walls of the neighboring buildings. This was like a this was like a this is a pretty tight block where mm-hmm. the buildings are like right up on each other basically, and this cube has filled exactly where one of those was. Gotcha. So the old building is just not there completely. There's no bits. As far as you can tell, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Did mm-hmm. did so with open carry, you made the crowd disperse and so I did. The chef has led them down the road, but they haven't like fully left, period. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I kind of feel like I want to talk to the chef. Yeah, I feel like we should pursue the chef. Yeah. Um, so I've got the I've got the normal briefcase like on one of the handles on my scooter. And I'm just gonna on over. <laughs> you see that the chef and the others, they've all uh crowded around a food truck at the edge of this uh street uh with a big um uh, hot dog on the side and written on the hot dog with ketchup and the illustration it says Benjamins and the uh so the everybody at this has like taken a bunch of hot dogs and hamburgers from this food truck and they're all eating them but everybody looks kind of like frustrated and dissatisfied as they're eating and Benjamin is just like cooking up a storm by himself you would assume Benjamin inside uh, of the truck <laughs> Benjamin or Benjamin's or representative of Benjamin. Yes. And you um, see that the chef is going, this, this is what I've been reduced to. I have the inside. I was making art. I was making brand new creations, unique pieces for all of us to enjoy, for the stars of our day to enjoy. And here I am again with a Benjamin's hot dog, <laughs> like some kind of actor off shift. <laughs> oh, I'm nominating Giuseppe for an any. So. <laughs> um uh well you know funny funny you should mention that, sir Giuseppe, I assume. Gaston yes. Saint Gaston Saint Clip. <clears throat> Saint Kip. <laughs> Mentor to the stars. Uh I actually feel like we might be birds of a feather in a kind of a way. Uh I just spent this morning with a name you might be familiar with, Tamara Carrington. Tamara, yes. Yeah. I have been researching her Instagram for months, perfecting <laughs> dishes precisely calibrated mm-hmm. to her tastes and personal brand. I've met such a lot of guys like you, lot. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of guys are on that Instagram, it's true. Uh, there's one thing that I got to know from you, and that is... What are you trying to accomplish? What's what's the end goal here? Why do you think that losing your mind over this dinner is going to make a difference? <laughs> oh, I've heard things like this before. It's it's not a surprise that you don't get it. Okay. All right. Well, have you ever fought for something, Gaston? Have you ever pushed yourself to the brink to create? It sounds as if not, for if you had, you wouldn't need to ask me these questions. Mm-hmm. It's actually precisely because I deal with these questions every day that I've been in this business for so long. All I do every day is intention, goals, characters. Motivation. You seem to me like you're motivated by fear. 
I right think now, that... I am motivated for a hot dog that is made not with sawdust and fills me with sustenance. What is this? And you see the man in the uh, cart goes, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, it's the same hot dogs as normal. i <laughs> my best. Nothing. There's nothing here. I feel unsatisfied. What are the other two of you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm giving a signal that's like, tap in. <laughs> I, I like, so, so, Ryan has him. I would love to get a hot dog. Like while he's talking, could I have could I have like purchased a hot dog? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you step yeah. up and he says, uh, "Okay, I've got hot dogs and burgers. Um, I've also got some fries. Uh, I'm kind of at the bottom of the bag right now, though, so I don't fully recommend the fries right just, now. But just uh, <laughs> just give me a. You said you have burgers. Yeah. Sure. Can I just, just give me a patty? Just a patty. Yeah. Do you want? Um. I've got tomato slices. I've got lettuce. Just I've patty. got some just American give me, cheese. I just want oh. the patty. Just give me the meat. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. You're watching. Mm. Watching that figure. I know. Mm. He uh. Yeah. He turns and he uh. He sort of like uh tosses the burger on the grill and says it'll be ready and it'll be ready pretty quick. No, it's fine. Just give it to me now. That's fine. Oh. Um. He like gives the look of someone who's like processing whether you're a cop. <laughs> like, am, am I about to get in trouble for serving like a like a not real, uh, like no, a not listen, I like it real, real blue. You know what I mean? Okay, but I do have to point to the warning sign on the side of the truck that talks about raw meat. I am sufficiently warned. I very much appreciate your warning. Yeah. Okay. Um. And he uh he puts it on a little paper plate and hands it to you. That's so perfect. Thank you so much, Benjamin. Yeah. Um, no. And, no problem. Oh, uh, I would like to walk past the chef still freaking out till I'm close enough to the meat and I would just like to like take the paper off and just like throw it at the meat cube and just throw see the how the just see how the meat reacts to more meat is what I would like to do that's what I'm trying to figure yeah. out yeah you throw the patty at the meat cube you hear this like sickening this kind of noise <laughs> as it slaps um flat on it um and you see uh what you might have expected, it does absorb it, but the way that this happens is very strange. Little, it's as if like little tiny beaded cubes of meat kind of like extend out and like build themselves around it and then close around the patty and then like flatten back in until it is gone and the cube is back to being the same cube shape. What's that Star Trek thing where there's a cube and like a like a green light and stuff? The Borg? Borg. Sure. Is this like meat Borg? Does that... In the in the sense that it's a cube, and in the sense that it just assimilated a hot dog. So, but it didn't assimilate Diego. No, who's te technically meat. Well, Brick has been standing with behind Gaston this whole time, listening to this conversation. And I really like I will I, as a bodybuilder, I think Brick's going to empathize. Like, listen, he's like I've also had to climb my own mountains and create myself, and he flexes and it's just like massive and he's like i understand creation for the sake of creation for the artistry but doing the, so in fear gives you an inferior expression of your artistic sense he says um <clears throat> he looks at you for a second and then he looks at uh you gaston and he says is this somebody <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god. <laughs> uh yeah, you don't recognize my client, Dwayne? <laughs> oh, and I receive a demerit. <laughs> <laughs> Because of your outright lie. Demerit because of my received. outright lie. What I meant to say was, oh, have you heard of The Rock? <laughs> uh, but uh, he said, you heard my client, Dwayne. Um, and uh, he says, oh, oh, they're always different in person. <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate your, um, your pep talk, but I'm afraid my current problem uh, is, and he tilts his head a little bit, that you lied to me, I guess. You're a star? You're Dwayne as in The Rock? Why were you acting as if you were a police officer before? I, I have many, many jobs that I take on. Um, I'm working with several agencies. When you have a physique like this, um... You acting is is not all there is. Well, whatever it is that you're doing, I can't do what I'm doing until I have my restaurant back. So I assure you, I'm not interested in this meat being here. As a, as a person invited to this party, obviously, uh, I am also very interested. Can you tell me exactly um, what happened before this meat cube came into being? Yes. Yes. I was arguing with Olive over mm. the uh, the perfect pattern for the pea splatter on the plate. <laughs> and I, uh, I was certain that we needed a perfect circle. And Olive wanted a line straight across the meat. And I, I simply don't agree. But mid-argument... Uh, we began to see something growing on the floor. It, it, at first, there was a crack in the floorboard and then a, a small amount of meat in a perfect cube that built on itself until it became this size, and then it ceased. Luckily, we were all able to get out of the building. Mm. And upstairs, it is just where I live and where Olive lives, the floor above, so no one is there. Where you and Olive live together? No, no, simply in the same building. We both have um, a whole floor to ourselves. Hmm, interesting. How do you feel about that argument you were having with Olive now? Oh, well, now it feels foolish. For but now, I'm looking. I'm looking back at that fight, and I'm thinking, "Wow, I, we had no idea that mere moments later, my entire plan, the work I've done for months, my dream, would be destroyed and ruined." So. Wait, what do you, what do you, Gaston, what's Gaston I've, eating? I've gotten, I've gotten a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> Gaston, it's extremely unsatisfying. It's like the same feeling you get from eating cotton candy. The second that you swallow it, it's like it never happened at all. Sure. Um, I, I listen, I think that you would feel a lot better if you apologize to Olivia. Um, well, he looks over at Olivier, who is like, uh playing candy crush on her phone like desperate for something to entertain her <laughs> he says i believe she is over it 
Uh, do I get commendation for interrogating somebody? I love that. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Nice. What does that exactly give me? <laughs> so for now, right in this, in the case of a one shot, it doesn't give you much at all. But Perfect. for the full game, uh, as you receive commendations for participating in behaviors that are uh, aligned with your competency, you are able to spend them on requisitions that you can use to purchase additional things. Um, and they have uh, a that's the main thing. They're like a, they're like a currency you get to spend cool. on agency approved stuff. Yeah, like a meta currency. Very cool. Um. So short of uh, out of character, but short of just uh, shooting this thing with my gun or with the um, ripple uh, or not the ripple, the uh, what's the the ripple gun or the, yeah, the ripple gun, gun? Yeah, short of the ripple gun. Uh, what, what, what's a suggested course of action, uh, Sean? You played this more. Man, I don't know. Uh, I I I feel like if there was some way we could, I don't think this man is the anomaly. Okay. But I feel like getting to the root of this argument will help us figure out why the anomaly sprang out. Mm. Right now, all I can tell is that it was like the root, it came out of conflict. It came out of this disagreement. There were these heightened passions of two yeah. organs clashing or two, you know, minds clashing. But I don't, I don't know. Why, why meat? Why a bunch of meat? Hmm. Why a bunch of meat? Why a bunch of meat? If they were arguing about pea splatter, why a bunch of meat? Yeah. And why are we all not a bunch of pea? Yeah. Are we aware of this like unsatisfied feeling and like this this this? Meaty, Absolutely. At this point, like... it's getting intense. Um, the 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 proximity to the meat cube has made you aware that it is something that seems like it would satisfy you. You're getting that sense, but the actual um uh feeling of hunger has been building over the course of the day and nothing you've eaten today now feels like you've eaten it at all you are just like tummy growling you can tell uh, so the uh, brick's gonna keep engaging with this uh with this chef i think um i i listen i i feel like we're having a really great conversation we're becoming really close but i feel like there's a deeper issue past the pee splat the piss splat the pee splatter um what's really going on chef you can talk to me i'm dwayne the rock johnson <laughs> um this is where i'm gonna call on the side effect of using your ability earlier the thing that i selected was that he would seek retribution right and in this moment it becomes very clear that you want him to keep talking and that you want something from him. And you see a settling, maybe it's even especially because he thinks you're Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. You see a settling in his face as he leans back and says, no, I tire of speaking on this subject and I won't anymore. Well, um, gosh, there's, is there any way I can use empathy to like, you know? Yeah, so the agency, disrupting things in people's minds is kind of difficult on the okay. agency's part. Typically, that has to be the, the, the connected to your powers, but okay. the because you have to be able to shift something in reality. So you have to be able to change something uh, directly to cause that shift. So like if you could shift something physically that would inspire him to be more empathetic to you, that's a possibility. Um, at the second, though, you hear Benjamin say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't make you any more hamburgers. 
I don't like, you see that this crowd of people has been ordering more over this time. He's like, I'm out. There are no more patties today. There's no more hot dogs. I'm sorry. And he just shuts uh, the window and the people look kind of frustrated. This small crowd is now so hungry and they've eaten so many things. You get the sense this small crowd of restaurateurs is building into pretty intense loose ends because what's happening to them is starting to get weird. They've had multiple hamburgers now and they're still hungry. Um, I'd like to find uh, the equivalent of a Superman telephone booth. I guess like dip around the corner, whatever the closest thing that's outside of the eye line is. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I fake a phone call. Uh, I say, oh, excuse me a moment. And I dip around. And then when I come back, uh, I would like to actually use an ability called Nightmare. Okay. Uh, project myself into something larger than life. Roll presence. So here I go, rolling presence. I've got one, two, three threes. Ba -ba 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 Trisendence. So you have a choice. When you get Trisendence, you can either have an unlimited number of threes, like you can pick a number and it can be any number. You can recharge three quality assurances or you can take three commendations right now. Um, if I... If I choose one of the other two options, I still get three threes, correct? Yes. I'm going to choose three commendations. Thank you very much. All right. Three commendations for you, and you have three, three threes, and no three. chaos is created. <laughs> uh, on a success, I may pick an illusory form and appear as that to a particular target. I'm going to choose to be uh, Tamara Carrington's account manager here, who is coordinating the party. And uh, before you have to take it, you can pick one from <clears throat> because you have three threes. Yes, and I'm going to... Hey, gang, a quick huddle. Do we think it's more useful for me to learn this chef's worst fear, their greatest goal, or their most secret desire? Oh, I think they're... Oh. Mm, I, I'm feeling most secret desire. I'm feeling yeah. most secret desire. Egotistical? Yeah, he'll drop us in a heartbeat for... Because mm -hmm. you know. I think that'll help us hone in on this anomaly's focus. Yeah. Well, listen, I, uh, I hate this dude. I'm about one second away from borrowing his love of food and hopefully failing. So, like, you definitely <laughs> should do something. Uh, let's, uh, yes. I, GM, Mr. GM, I would like to learn the target's most secret desire. Giuseppe and Benjamin are in a secret relationship that Giuseppe is not willing to admit publicly, but he wishes that he could. Oh. Okay. That feels a bit like a red herring in the context of a meat cube, but I'm, I'm making a note. Poor Benjamin. Okay. If you were just really craving Benjamin's hot dog. Criminal, criminal that you said this. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs> Straight to jail immediately. Um, great. Well, here I am. I'm um, I'm Connie Powers, or I appear to Giuseppe as Connie Powers. Okay. Uh, and uh, and I say, um, excuse me. Does anybody here know what the hell is going on with tonight's party? No. I have been asking all day. 
asking, okay, asking who? Asking the right people because I've got 30 people arriving in half an hour and yes. I don't I need to tell them where to put all the table toppers. And I don't see any tables. There are no tables, Miss Powers. I, and what am I supposed to tell Tamara? What am I supposed to tell Chris? You see tears uh, <laughs> building in his eyes. He says, um, he says, I don't know. I have been seeking these answers the same as you since this cube appeared on my street and in my restaurant. I want nothing more, Mrs. Powers, than to give you the perfect evening and to give Tamara the most incredible 27th birthday, which only happens once. <laughs> but I, I am not to have this chance and neither are you. And I think we must accept this. Well, I'm not ready to accept that because I only provide the best for my clients. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I only appear as this character to Giuseppe? Yes. Okay. Uh, this, folks, this is also feeling like a bit of a dead end. So Yeah, yeah. I don't... I'm like okay. So then I uh, am as as uh, Connie. Um, I'm just going to leave in a huff. Well, I um, I have a question. I, I have as a Gaston. As a Gaston, I so I I walk away from the two because this guy is just really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, <laughs> uh, I have heightened senses. Yes. Because I'm a creature. Um, and my sense is uh, that I chose was smell. That I could like smell out stuff. Okay. Is there anything about this meat cube? Because I don't know. What I would love to do is somehow get to the middle of the cube. Because it came out of the floorboards, correct? Uh, yes, it came out of the floorboards. And then according to the description, it was as if additional cubes appeared on top of it until it eventually formed this whole big cube. So it came up from the floor. Mm-hmm. Are there manhole covers or like any anything where that we could possibly get? Or is there like, hey, chef, is there a basement? Like, is there any like I would I'm trying I would like to get to the source of this spot, but there is a building of meat in the way. So can I try to smell out whether there's something weird deep within the meat or what am I smelling in general? Can I smell? What do I smell with my heightened senses if I'm sniffing yeah, around yeah, the meat yeah. cube? So I think the thing that you smell is that there is, um, you are able to smell the, uh, that this this meat <laughs> is, uh, as you're looking around, you're able to follow a trail where more of the smell of this meat is coming from. And at the front of the uh, restaurant building, there actually is an entrance to the basement that's like in a lot of city um, places where they've got these like big double metal doors that you could crack open to go down into the basement from outside, like for putting in deliveries. But there is a padlock on it. I mean, is this something? Do we got? Is it? You get the sense there's think? more meat down there. Rick, I'm I'm sorry, Dwayne. Um, hmm. could I uh, reality shift? Um, yes, absolutely. Using persistence. 
Uh, your persistence sounds good. If you're talking about like you want to pull it and you oh, want to yeah, be able absolutely. to just like, not, keep pulling it. Yeah, I'm yes. a, <clears throat> yeah, and yeah I would say you're able to shift. Yeah, as long as you are focused on it, you're able to like force the chains attached to the padlock to like get weaker and thinner until they break if you succeed. So you'll roll um, with persistence. 64. Uh, let's say I got an unstable success. I rolled two threes. I'm going to use one point to make All right. it three threes. So I have zero chaos. You pop open that door, uh, and there is a staircase leading down into a basement. We heading in? I think we're heading in. Uh, as you make your way down the basement, you Are see... Are we all going in? Everyone, Everyone's part of the... Yeah, I think yes. Sweet, sweet darkness. Yeah. yeah. Part of me wants to keep tabs on this crowd, but I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Uh, at the uh, bottom of this these stairs, there is a, a basement that is uh, kind of cool. It's attached to like a freezer area and it's it's shielded from the sun. So it's a little chilly in here. You see coming from the center of this room that is full of these wire racks with different ingredients on them, um, there is a like thin line um, that is like flat on all four sides, this like thin line coming down from like directly up above in the center of this room to uh, the floor. And on the floor, um, a a top bun and a like slice of tomato and a piece of American cheese have like fallen to the side as the like lower bun and a burger sit atop it and extending right on sitting right on top of that burger there is the first tiny bit of this line of meat heading upwards does it appear to be like a burger from that truck you know does it, it looks it looks exactly like a burger from that truck huh wow well either this is the burger that you threw at the building, or it was not a red herring that Giuseppe wants to be open about his love for Ben Benjamin. Well, I only threw a, a half raw patty. And this says this Wait. is a bun. It has the toppings near it as yeah. well. Yeah, so it's not the same. Okay. This okay. This is a burger okay. of forbidden love. I don't. I've as well uh, as I've conveyed to the both of you. Uh, Gaston has a. Uh, has an affair with Benjamin that he wishes he didn't feel compelled to keep secret. Hmm. This feels pretty damning, or not damning, this feels like pretty clear uh, evidence of that there fixation. Mm -hmm. well, it's very out in the open. Can I just put this burger in the normal briefcase? When you tug on the burger, that line of meat does not like let go oh. so you're able to like bend it this like this like for the bottom of the burger the, the bun itself also is not attached it's just the meat patty you're able to like pull it and it like it like pulls that line kind of like squishily with you Grass. but as you tug on it you get that feeling of like this is this is like a chain connected to a building sized slab of meat it is a heavy pulling on that is tough yeah 
I really want to do the thing that I do when I play tabletop games and act like I'm a hammer and all problems are nails. <laughs> uh, and I want to use eliminate on that uh, connection from the burger to the meat cube. Okay. Um, so eliminate, I'll tell you before you roll, okay. the eliminate has a very specific um like wording in the way that it's written it right. is an established mundane object so that means mundane oh, as a non-anomalous got you so you don't know for sure whether the meat that's coming out of the burger counts as mundane or not but you won't know for sure unless you try however right. that could mean a, a failure that could mean you're well, just i'm gonna aim for the burger it. then well, the burger you can guess almost definitely is anomalous at this point, is what I would say. Okay. The like meat yeah, itself will, is a byproduct. I, will, wanna, but I yeah. will aim for the 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 meat connection. You okay. Know? So you will roll dynamism. I have zero in dynamism. Okay. So this will be at a minus one. Okay. Sick. Roll the sixty-four. Uh, I had two successes. All right. So it goes down to one. Which is still uh, success, <laughs> which means I get five chaos, but you succeed. So on a success, the target disappears without a trace. You've been aiming at the line of meat, like connecting yes. the two. Yeah, this works. There is a a. Oh, I, uh, I, well, I do my little keychain thing, like extend the keychain <laughs> thing. You know, <laughs> you flash it forward, and this line connecting it to the ceiling seconds later vanishes completely it was not there uh it was there a second ago and now it is not the burger that's currently being tugged by gaston um like flops backwards hits you in the face briefcase. Uh, <laughs> and uh the but you have separated the burger however before you have a chance to do anything else i'm gonna spend that chaos that i just got um Perfect. that uh that chaos da, 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 sorry i'm looking at uh my points you are in the anomalies domain. You are in the restaurant itself. So the chaos that I spend is at a third of the cost. Like anytime I spend chaos, I can spend it as if it was triple. Um, and I am going to spend three to use the ability triple, which means I get to make three minor anomalies dropping from the ceiling, from that hole in the ceiling uh, with a like, and then lifting up are these completely cube-shaped meat kind of humanoid forms that uh, shift backwards, lift up their arms, and then charge at each of you. These are violent anomalies. Um, they are capable of dealing a pretty significant amount of harm to you, um, but each of you has, an, has a chance to respond to the one that's coming after you. Sick. Um... Uh, I'm going to, uh, I think it's nap time. I'm going to blow on a pinch of sand and roll subtlety. <clears throat> uh, I lost a die. Have I already rolled a three? Uh, one three on the table. One die has disappeared. So I've gotten at least one three. Nice. I'm not going to retrieve it. Oh, there it is. Oh, it was a second three. Okay. So you right. got two threes using uh, nap time. Yes. On a success, so, I send a target into a sudden sleep. They'll have pleasant dreams and think they nodded off when they wake up in a few minutes. And for each additional three, I can choose an additional target. So I can send two of these bad boys to sleep. Brick, have you got yours? Yeah, I think I've got mine. Corbin, I'm going to send ours to sleep. Yeah. 
This is why you always keep sand on you. You, uh, yeah. yes, they, you knock the sand, uh, towards them. It hits the two of them, uh, lightly seasons them as they pass out, um, and tumble into a small pile of little cubes. Um, uh, yes, they dream of beefy sleep, <laughs> uh, says chat. Um, and, uh, Brick, what are you doing for yours? Uh, I'm gonna use my other, the only bill I haven't used yet because I just want to use all of them. I'm gonna use quick draw. Nice. Um, so I think that's rolling initiative, which I have one of, so. And I, uh, purposely got another unstable success. I rolled one, three. Okay. And you have points in initiative? I do. Nice. So yeah, you get to keep the one, three. So I get five more chaos, which takes me up to seven. And, uh, you get to do the success unless you want to spend some points in initiative. Um... Well, the other two are down, so I'm just gonna hit the one that's coming at me. All right. Uh, so you get on the success. You shot first. The aggressor is harmed before their attack, and they do not succeed. So that same way, you got rid of that line. This one that's barreling towards you, you get to zoop out your card, and they just <laughs> out of existence. Just tiny little, um, little flecks, little glitter, meat glitter, kind of tumbles to the ground. Ah. Um, and uh, the burger still clutched in the non-sandy hand of Gaston St. Kip. Is it my... connected again, or...? Nope, it's not connected. With my, with my sandy yeah. hand, I sort of... I'll just run over and grab... Like, I'll just grab it from you and just pop yeah. that sucker open. You set it in. Um, you are able to shut it. You start closing it. The, this, like, red energy of the briefcase, like, activating, uh, glows, and then with a kind of, like, gentle... Uh, sound it seals and then you hear the click click of the two locks on the top and you have uh claimed the burger you immediately uh begin to hear these noises from up above you of this like very loud thudding on the street above with this like combined with like a thunk noise um from somewhere above the basement perfect uh, yeah <laughs> time to go <laughs> As you head up, you see that these these large chunks of the meat, now unstable and sort of like uh, losing its cube form, are like falling off in these big uh, like uh, globs and just like landing on the ground, gradually revealing the building underneath and just sort of like sinking a little bit. But the meat itself is not disappearing. It's just losing that rigid shape. Um... Gosh. Your only thing to really deal with from the agency's perspective now is the fact that you do have a small crowd of people that's definitely experienced this today and mm -hmm. they're that they are loose ends for that. Um, but otherwise, you have captured the anomaly. So that part of your job is done. Um, Unless there's anything you want to do. So we just kill everyone else, right? That's what we... Uh, <laughs> that's... Uh, eh, eh, eh. Murder, guys? Murder? Murder? Corbin, Corbin <laughs> you, you hear Steve's voice in your head. We don't do that anymore. God, number three. Number. number three. <laughs> if I only knew what number three was, I could stop myself. That's um, right. You unlocked number three. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, no, I'm hammering out a, um, a printing press release on my mm, phone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so public relations, he's got a thing called a printing press release, which lets him write something that will appear in major publications the following day. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So what would you like it to say? Uh, I'll say that uh, 
a, a boondoggle on the Christopher Nolan, on the upcoming Christopher Nolan set. Special effects gone, gone, uh, spoiled. <laughs> as, as, uh, poorly permitted, poorly announced, a special effect goes off without warning. I think that's perfect. Uh, you've set up, you've set up that, that they will not be believed uh, in the upcoming days uh, as anything other than a particularly fancy Christopher Nolan decision. Um, people will, will wonder how many layers deep uh, in the dream this was. Um, Whoa! <laughs> I've seen that movie. <laughs> so you've you've got this stuff wrapped up. Is there anything else you want to do before you head back to the agency for a job well done? Man, I wish that I could do something to make Giuseppe's life easier. Um, uh, I as uh, Gaston walks up to Corbin and says, uh, "I think that um," and I gesture towards Giuseppe. I think somebody's feeling a little burdened by guilt and shame. That yeah, mm -hmm. you you might that your talents might be uh, uniquely suited to help with. I got this. So I kill him. Um, no, I, um, <laughs> I, I just, I you on the shame removed. I trust, I trust you to do the right Ding. thing. <laughs> um, uh, no. So yeah, so I would love Thanks. to borrow, um, I would love to borrow Giuseppe's, um, uh, can I borrow his, 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 uh, like guilt or shame or his 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 whatever's keeping him from um wanting to express this publicly like that the desire yeah. for secrecy from yes. from him you can absolutely do that um the this is a similar situation as last time where where this is an interesting failure state i love that that's kind of the mm -hmm. way we're taking your drain today is like the one aiming for failure but uh yes you can take it for an hour uh at base um but if you fail you can take it for good. Yeah. So either way, we got, you know, positives from negatives here. This is what, this yeah. is rule number three. You always turn a positive, a negative into a positive. No, no. I three remember, was we don't kill people. Oh, <laughs> that's very specific to me, it's though. Very like, I feel important. like, uh, no, um, it took me a long time to internalize as well. <laughs> um. So yeah. So and I have one in. Duplicity. I put one in duplicity. So, okay, so hopefully I roll another one and uh and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I rolled I rolled three. I rolled three threes. Nice. Okay, so so this is stable no matter what. And this is the only time you can have a failure that doesn't create chaos. Um so you can choose to have that effect last as be zero threes on transcendence. Um which will lose yeah. what you've, the target will lose what you've taken permanently and no one gets it. They'll remember what they've lost, which in this case is actually probably a positive, but they've, but they don't have it anymore. I hope they didn't have a really good, I hope they didn't have like a really good reason for this since I'm literally like adjusting his like core desire for this thing um, without asking, but uh, I don't, I don't care. It's better than killing them. So yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use my transcendence, right? And mm -hmm. um, I'm just gonna make this a permanent uh, a permanent loss of of Giuseppe's um, whatever like desire to keep the his feelings towards uh, Benjamin secret. Yeah, uh, hella wholesome. You see, 
um there's this immediate he's sitting on this uh this like table these like folding tables that have been set up outside of the food truck there is like an immediate shift he's like looking he's seeing the globs of meat falling and it's as if something just like connects in his head watching that happen and he turns and while everyone else is kind of making their way toward the restaurant like slowly like maybe we can make our way back over there um he knocks on the side of the truck and you hear a voice go i don't have any more burgers go away and uh and he says no i am not looking for burgers i am i am looking for you and there is a uh, a moment and a, a grumble and like a door uh, finally opening. Uh, and there's this sort of like exhausted look on Benjamin. Is that his real name? We never found out. The Benjamin, who, as he as he uh, looks at him and says, with this sort of like sad, like barely trying to keep up a, a lie, just like what? Um, what do you want? And there is a. Uh, a moment where you see uh, Giuseppe reach out and take Benjamin's hand as the globs of meat fall behind them and the meat cube, meat cute, is complete. <laughs> uh, and then that's all that I have for you. You can head back to the agency, um, turn in your mission. Um, the person who got the that most- happens, Brick is like full on sobbing. <laughs> Absolutely just crying. That's yes, perfect. Um, we see Brick extremely built and as buff. Finally, uh, realizing you're going to be able to eat too, just sitting there. Um, and uh, the the globs of meat fall and begin to be sort of shuffled away. Um, as a few hours later, the party begins, and Gaston, you are there for what does turn out to be uh, the party of a lifetime. But uh, because they didn't have as much time, instead of a, a full many course meal, there are quite a bit of burgers and hot dogs. You only turned 27 once, so. You only turned 27 once. Wow. Thank you all just, so much for playing. Uh, yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I'm just going to epilogue to Corbin, just like going to find Steve again. And, and <laughs> just he walks in the office and, uh, you know, gets the Dracula sled to him again. And he's like, one day at a time, right? Rule number four. The Dracula, it tastes good this time. It's definitely satiating. Um, what's what's number five? I guess we'll figure out next time on Trying a Legacy. So yeah, that so much like I that's good time. I mean, I don't yeah, know how to describe it. I can't time. wait to play this game. Um, I feel like you know we should probably play again sometime. I would yeah. love that. We should play again within yeah. within weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is the Weekly Scroll Podcast. This was Triangle Agency. Caleb and Sean, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thanks, um, Sean. Great if, game. We're super yeah. stoked. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Yeah, uh, you'll be able to find all of our stuff, all of our links. Like, is is there anywhere that people can find this stuff, like right now, that they can start to kind of get even more excited about this Kickstarter drop on Tuesday? Yeah, if you go to hauntedtable.games, you can have see our full website, which links to all of our places. You can join our Discord. Uh, you can uh, check out the Delta test. You can on our Discord find groups to play with if you need to, um, and. Uh, 
right now you can also go to kickstarter.hauntedtable.games to sign up for the pre-launch page of uh to sign up on the pre-launch page for our kickstarter to be notified immediately when we go live on tuesday morning um and then that same link kickstarter.hauntedtable.games will work through the campaign as well so you will be able to um use that to get to the campaign and uh, and pledge and if you're you're coming at this if you're listening to this in the future after the campaign that hauntedtable.games website that's the one you want there you go. And then uh, when we when we first started this segment, there was some uh, some music playing for Trying Agency. And I just want to make sure that we we chat about that a little bit. Um, yes. Where did that come from? Uh, well, that was a composition by Edith Margaret Mudge, uh, incredible composer, uh, and it is it is just totally remarkable how we sent her the Delta test. And she came back with exactly the vibe. Mm -hmm. And it was essentially like the first draft we locked in. I remember just being so excited. Yeah. And um and uh finding uh the finding finding the the sort of in between between you are standing in the lobby of a job that you hate and something is like some nefarious force is undermining everything around you. It was an incredible process. It's an incredible song. I'm just yeah. so thrilled. That it and you can find it on Spotify or any other streaming service now. Edith Margaret Mudge, as Sean said, and the song is called Control Yourself, the Triangle Agency theme. Um, so I highly, I highly recommend it. I hope you check it out. It's such a good song. It's great. It fits everything else about this project, which is fantastic. Like uh, uh, once again, so excited to this. Can't wait to do this. Maybe you hear more from us soon um, about that. Uh, kicks off on Tuesday, um, and that has been our uh, our episode here of the Weekly Scroll Podcast. Once again, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, you can find thank all of you. our stuff at um, what what are we? We on YouTube. We are the Weekly. No, we are the Adventure Archive. Um, <laughs> On Twitter, we are weekly <laughs> underscore scroll, and on Instagram, we are weekly. Um, we are the dot weekly dot scroll. Find us all there. This will be up on VOD very soon if you're watching it, uh, not live. You don't need to be told that. Um, and that is it. Uh, you guys all have a wonderful day, uh, and uh, we will see you all later. Once again, thank, thank you, you so much. Well. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff. Thank you.